Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Hello sisters, brothers, and non-binary listeners to episode 11 of the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. On today's episode, we're talking all things meditation. I love that we're talking about meditation. It's finally here. Such a core practice and one of my favorite practices. Yeah, I think meditation is definitely one of my favorite practices. I'll be honest, I wish I was way more consistent with my practicing. Um, But when I do practice, when I'm consistent, I feel all of the benefits from it. Oh, yeah. And it it just, oh, so good. So, so, so good. And I can't wait to talk about it and and hopefully help some of our listeners too. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around uh, meditation too. And people are like, I don't know how to meditate. I can't do it. I can't sit there quietly. I get distracted. Um, But we're going to hopefully debunk all those things and give everyone some strategies to work it into their life. Yeah. Whenever I talk to people about meditation and like it comes up in conversation, they're always surprised that I practice meditation. And it's like meditation is like some kind of superpower. Like, oh, you practice meditation? Oh, I can't do that. Well, why not? Like it's the most baser <laughs> it really is um, but I can understand I can understand it's super hard to just sit there and clear your mind of any thoughts that you have and be and I think a lot of people um feel or have a misconception that you need to take like 20 minutes 30 minutes an hour out of your day to practice meditation when really all you need is five minutes. Mm-hmm. 100%. If I'm meditating at night, I'm usually, I don't know, I just sit down, I meditate, I connect my intuition, I journal. Like that whole process sometimes takes like an hour and it's like an hour before bed. But then if I'm meditating in the morning, it's sometimes like three to five minutes. <laughs> like it's just something like really, yeah. Yeah, I share that as well. Um, if I do practice in the morning, I find I'm probably not 
practicing as I should. I feel like I am kind of rushing through my meditation in the morning because I know I need to get ready and Mm -hmm. start my work day and whatnot. And I have a million other things on my list to do. Which and is, then I find- it's kind of ironic too, because meditation is supposed to give you that, that pause at your day. And you're just kind of like rushing through it. Cause you got to get to other things or like you're, you're aware. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I am aware of that. And then, yeah, I probably need to be more mindful when it comes to my morning meditation practice, but when it comes to my evening meditation practice, if I do it before bed, I feel like I and I'm like zoning into it and I could be practicing my meditation for like an hour, hour and a half. Like I'm lost in it. Yeah. And it's honestly, so, it's like so my, I think I'm definitely, it's honestly my favorite. It's one of my favorite things to do before bed because it just, it just uh, like settles you and calms you. I actually learned something the other day in my um, coaching training that uh when you're when you're meditating when you're connecting with your third eye so when I meditate I do connect with my third eye like that's how I will connect my intuition um but I guess when you connect to your your third eye in the daylight you're creating more serotonin which kind of energizes you and like gets you going for the day and when you're meditating and you're connecting to your third eye at night it creates melatonin and it helps you to sleep I think that's why I find it such a calming practice. Oh, that is, wow. That is super interesting. I had no idea about yeah. that, the serotonin and the melatonin. Yeah, I, I had not known that before either, but yeah. And it makes total sense, which is why, like normally if I meditate at night, I've like showered, I've done everything I need to do. Meditation's the last thing and then I just whoop, hop into bed. It really does help. Yeah, that's that's really cool yep yep and we can talk about maybe like later on how to how we connect to our third eye and our intuition while meditating yeah we'll get there I know you are an expert when it comes to connecting to the third eye love it you're way more more (laughs) advanced in your meditation than I am (laughs) (laughs) I think it came out of circumstances but (laughs) yeah I guess so that's that's my um not only my meditation goal, but kind of one of my little life goals to connect my third eye. <laughs> and like, really, we all have the ability to like, we're all like these divine beings. We're all made of energy. We all have the ability to connect to our third eye. It's just, it's practicing. It's just like meditation is a practice and it's like knowing how to do it and taking the time to do it and, and really like being being one with your body I don't know if that sounds too hokey but well no it it makes sense and a lot of us are not one with our bodies we're not intuitively connected with ourselves because we're so busy and we're really focusing on the external in our lives you're focusing on the material so if you're not focusing on on your inner self, then you have no idea how to tap into those abilities. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, so I'm working on that. 
we'll get there. That's why it's called a practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, with that being said, it's so important to note that your, well, I, at least I'm going to speak for myself. I like to set goals for my meditations mm-hmm. um, and your meditation goals will always change. Um, so we can like expand on this um, later in the episode, but I like to focus on my chakras when I meditate. And when I started doing that, I started with my root chakra. Mm-hmm. And so I dedicated each meditation practices to um, focusing on the root chakra. And I would um, set up my crystals, set up my music um, so that it would correlate with that root chakra or oh, that chakra. Yeah. Huh. And with your chakras, like when your chakras are out of balance or to like check them or put them in balance, you always want to start with your bottom chakra, your root chakra. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you just start yeah, there. Do you like just each day, like work up? Is that what you do? Um, so I don't do it by days. I don't set a timeline for myself. I I'll move on to the next chakra when I feel that I need to move on to the next one. And how do you feel? And like, what's that feeling in you? Like, how, like in your body, how does that feeling manifest? Um, well, like when I was doing it with the root chakra, I was starting to feel like more stable and more confident in who I was. And I reflected a lot through journaling while doing my meditations. And I felt like I... I worked through a lot. I got a lot of my thoughts out and like I really reflected on what I was putting to paper Hmm. and yeah that's when I felt like I was able to move on to my next chakra in my meditation Hmm. but with that being said I was working my way up and then I went all the way back down like you were I was feeling like like, gotta start again yep yep (laughs) gotta go back down because I was feeling really disconnected with myself I was feeling really out of balance so I went back down to the root chakra and started all over again Hmm. but that's okay yeah no that's okay and your your chakras are going to be actually you know what for those of you that don't know your chakras are different and like energy um points in your body you've got seven that go seven main ones yeah yeah. Um, and we'll do a separate, a whole separate episode on chakras and like dive right into that. But um, yeah, so your energy points and if something's off um, in your life, it's good to take some time to, to uh, like engage with those chakras, but you can't really like they're all the way from your root, all the way up to your crown, the top of your head and it like floats on the top of your head. Um, you can't really address your crown chakra until you've made your way up. So it's like this whole process and you can't skip, <laughs> you can't skip the process. Yeah. You, you literally have to start at the foundation yeah. of it all at the root. So those are chakras. Um, and I love that you meditate on them, but we'll save that for another day. Um, let's get back to meditation. So what yeah. is meditation? So Meditation is a practice in which someone uses techniques such as mindfulness 
for focusing on a particular object or a thought or an activity. And it trains your attention and awareness so that you can achieve mental clarity and become emotionally calm. And like that'll put you in a stable state. So it's really bringing your attention to focus on the present moment. Very cool. And so what are some different types of meditation that exist? So uh, I didn't really know a lot about meditation. I thought you kind of just sat there and cleared your mind <laughs> until I did my yoga teacher training. And then we did a whole uh, section on meditation. And so a few of them that I, I do like to build into my practice, there's to talk meditation. So you can light a candle and then you focus your gaze on that candle flame. And yeah, you, you watch it move back and forth. You watch it expand and contract. And um, you can also focus on a drishti dot, which is literally like you can put a, a dot, make a dot with like paper or a marker, whatever you have, pin that up and then draw your focus to that, to that dot. Or you can also use a picture. You can focus on a picture. You can focus on a mandala. And yeah, yeah, you're using one. Yeah, so mandalas, again, tie into the chakra system. So whatever chakra you're working on meditating, you can print out a mandala or you can draw one if you're really creative. Mm -hmm. uh, that correlates to that chakra. And then you can focus your attention on that. And doing the drishti meditation is good for your balance too, because it helps you like train your focus on one thing. Hmm. That's really neat. I definitely yeah. try the, the try talk one where you're gazing at the flame. I feel like that would be very in, entrancing. Like just to yeah and staring at a bonfire kind of that's, that's yeah it's, it's captivating and I feel like sometimes when I'm feeling really antsy and I'm like oh, I don't want to like sit there and close my eyes in meditation I'll grab a candle and light the flame and I literally just sit there and stare at it hmm. it's really calming you have to try that yeah, yeah I have it, it. I have a giant mandala. I bought it when I first started meditating, when I first turned in the spare bedroom into my yoga room. Um, I bought this like giant mandala tapestry flag thing. <laughs> it's like four by six feet and it's on my wall. Um, and I was like, oh, I'll use this. And it, you know what, to be honest, like I, I did help, it did help me focus in the beginning. Um, and then now, it's really connecting with my breath and my third eye that helps me focus. But then partway through my meditation, I'll realize that I'm staring at that mandala. It's, it's interesting. It's really interesting. Mm, but all yeah. Of, yeah. You get into that like kind of mindful state of like being present and, and being with your thoughts and everything starts to align, like your breath, your mind, your third eye, like yeah 
interesting yeah and it's interesting that you say that like you find yourself like gazing at it and like you're not really realizing that you've like drawn your attention to it mm-hmm. um and I feel like in doing that like you are able to recognize something like you're having awareness of it but you're not um passing judgment about it which is really like the main point of meditation right like people think to meditate you need to clear your mind but that's that's not what it is you're never going to clear your mind like you are always going to have thoughts you are a conscious being Mm -hmm. so the main point about meditation is that you are learning how to acknowledge and let those things go Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the big thing and I think that's why people get so frustrated because they're like oh I can't sit there like thoughts keep popping into my head and and I and it's and like that's okay like you need to allow those thoughts to come um process them let them go let them pass naturally like don't try and force them out it's just like um, if you're feeling something, if you're feeling angry or sad, like don't suppress that emotion. Don't try and ignore it. Like allow yourself to feel it, process it, and then you'll be able to let it go. Same with your thoughts. Yeah. 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 I don't want to get too far ahead, but we'll talk about the processing of those thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> there's um, just so much and it's so good. There's so much. <laughs> But before we get ahead, I want to talk about breath work and how important breath work is mm-hmm. in your meditation practice. Um, even adding breath work to your yoga practice, so important, so important to connect your yeah. body to your breath. You don't realize how, like, obviously we're breathing every second of the day, but you don't realize how, um, how shallow your breaths are and how you're, you're not connecting to your breathing. Mm-hmm. Right. In meditation, we need to make a conscious effort to like completely fill the lungs, take in that breath, completely exhale it, right. Clear the lungs of that stagnant energy. Like we mm-hmm. do not do that. It is so important to clear our lungs. Yeah. Oh gosh, it's just so revitalizing to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, really it really is. So when I'm meditating, um, the first thing I do to settle myself is breath work. And sometimes I'm only doing breath work in my meditation. I have a really hard time clearing the thoughts out of my mind. And the easiest way for me personally to do that is to go into a four-part breath. Mm-hmm. and what's that so inhaling pausing exhaling pausing and your inhales and exhales are of equal length so depending on your lung capacity you can inhale and exhale for count of like four five six seven eight depends on where you're at I'm probably have more advanced depending um, where your lung capacity is at, you can be breathing for a count of four, five, six, seven. If um, like me personally, I would say I have more um, expansive lung capacity. So I like to inhale and exhale for a count of seven. Um, I feel like I'm, 
I'm taking in more air and completely exhaling that air when I'm doing it for a longer count. Mm. Um, but in doing a four-part breath, it's giving me something to focus on. I, I'm literally counting, mm -hmm. reminding myself to pause and continuing with it. Yeah, and if you've ever done an, an app, like a meditation app, one of the first things that they'll have you do is they'll have you breathe and they'll have you do either a four count breath or some other variation of a breathing style. And it really does help to, I mean, you're, you're essentially forcing your mind to focus on your breath and focus on your body because you're, yeah, you're, you're mindfully being in tune with the, your body's functions, right? Like your, your breath, your air, like something that's so natural that you take for granted. Mm -hmm. You're yeah, to focus on it. Which yeah. Really, yeah, really helps you connect. Yeah, breath work is amazing. And I mean, you've taken a yoga practice. I'm sure many of our listeners um, have um, practiced yoga before. And you've probably heard the teacher say, send your breath to this area of your body. Mm -hmm. And it sounds so silly, but if you're conscious of what you're doing it feels like you can send your breath to that area of your body and like I've had stomach aches before really bad stomach aches and I literally send my breath to my stomach and I can feel that pain disappearing wow and do you do um, a particular style of breathing and then send your breath that way um or do you just consciously you're like my stomach hurts I'm sending my breath that way yeah it's more just like a like a slow con conscious breath so I've, I think I've done a four-part breath with it before hmm. um but like yeah literally just focusing my exhales to that energy center <laughs> um I do that spot of my body and it helps so much. That's so, I'm gonna have to try that. Right. Yes, try it. <laughs> I to try that. <laughs> yeah, breathwork is a great you way. Will you will not be disappointed. <laughs> you have to give it a try. Whenever it works with headaches, I had a headache, a bit of a headache today, the beginning of the day. Whenever it works with headaches, I have to try it. I mean, you can send breath. your breath to your third eye, right? That's still yeah. the energy center. Yeah, I'll have to try it. <laughs> yeah so breathwork I is it the foundation or the the beginning or it, it breathwork helps to get you into a state I mean, like a, a meditative state I guess or it helps breathwork helps you to connect your mind and your body it's with that mind body connection and that's why breathwork is so important so you can't just like sit down on a pillow and close your eyes and just expect yourself to boom and like be in trance be in meditation like it's so important to establish that mind body connection in order to help you meditate, to process your thoughts, um, to connect with your third eye, to connect with your intuition. Like it's so, so important to establish that mind body connection. So breath work has to come first and foremost. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I forgot to mention another one of my favorites meditative practices is chanting you know mm -hmm. how much I love chanting <laughs> um and there's a, a chant for each energy center 
um, and you can chant as quietly or as loudly as you would like. So what chanting is, is um, it's exactly what it sounds like mm -hmm. saying like om or lam, ram. And those vibrations are literally like massaging that energy center. I love it. And I know it sounds like it's hocus pocus, but when you really get into a chanting practice, you will feel it in your body. And I don't know how to describe it other than it feels like an out of body experience. Like you yeah. become completely yeah. entranced when you chant. You definitely like if there's a there's a natural high you get from it. I have started probably in the last like two months periodically using chanting because you love it so much. So I've there's days where I use it a lot on days where I'm really anxious and I and I can't settle. Like my meditation practice is like getting me nowhere. I can't settle. Like I'm just feeling the anxiousness throughout my body. I'll use chanting and it really does help. Like the vibrations that it sends throughout my body. And usually I'll do like three to five alms and it, it just helps to kind of realign me. And it really helps to, it helps the anxiety dissipate. Yeah, it really does. And again, it's giving your mind something to focus on other than, you know, what's bothering you. Mm -hmm. You're focused on like pronunciating that chant. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite extraordinary. <laughs> so breath work, the basis. Don't start your meditation before you've done the breath work because you need to build that mind-body connection. It's so, so, so important. And then that's going to take you into this sort of um, like calming state where then you can kind of move on from there. And I always find mm -hmm. like, I don't, when I sit down to meditate, I don't have, I don't have, um, I don't sit down with a purpose. Like I don't sit down and say, okay, today I want to meditate on this. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes if I'm really struggling with something, I'll set a particular intention for that meditation. But every time I sit down, like I'll clear my space, I sit down and I just start breathing. And then like eventually the, the breath work, the connection with the third eye, like it just like takes me off to where I need to be. Mm -hmm. also, mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah. You and I meditate in different ways, but that's not to say that one way mm -hmm. is correct one way is wrong mm -hmm. um, meditation really like you can make it what you need it to be yeah and I think that's why it's so important to practice it because you need to practice what works for you and that's probably why a lot of people become frustrated with their practice because you know you'll buy a book on meditation or you'll take a course on meditation and like you'll get frustrated that you know, like, look at all these other people. Like they look like they're having success with it. These, like, this isn't working for me. Meditation doesn't work. It's a waste of time. You really do have to find that works. What works for you. That's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, I did not start meditating overnight. I struggled with meditation for ugh, like, I don't even know how long, like forever. I 
used to try to force myself to meditate and it wasn't working and I would be consistent with it. And then I would leave the practice, you know, for weeks, for months on end. And um, just the idea of meditating was completely daunting. Mm-hmm. And then once I found a consistent practice, um, then I started to be less, I think, like frustrated with it. And I don't know if I want to say frustrated, but my expectations of meditation changed. I was just going to say that I, I was just going to say that I think a lot of people become frustrated because we have this expectation of what we think meditation should be based on pictures that we've seen or movies we've watched or, or whatever. Um, but you can't have, you can't expect meditation to be a certain thing. It's kind of like a meditation evolves into what you need it to be. You can't like, there's not really sure. Like we can, we can say like, make sure you, you know, you do your breath work, make sure you're doing these things, but really it does evolve. Um, into something that's like yeah, you. yeah no t- definitely 100 so how did you get started with your meditation practice um so mine was kind of by accident um when I first enrolled at my yoga studio back in like April of 2019 um so our, our yoga teacher, she had, so if you're like new to the studio, um, you had for like one month, it was like $40 and you could try out like all the different classes. So the second class that I went to at the studio was a restorative practice. And I had no idea what it was. <laughs> I'm like, okay, restorative sounds cool. We get to do some meditation at the end. It sounds fun. I don't meditate. Like, let's try this out. So, um, the restorative practice included, you know, lying in different positions that like open up your chakras, you're lying on bolsters, which are like big, long, um, cylindrical, like pillows kind of thing. Um, propping up your body. Pardon? Bolsters are used to support your body. Yes. Thank you. Um, And so that was part of the restorative practice. So we would like lie in all these poses. And then at the end, our instructor put on a 10 minute meditation. And it was, the meditation was from this podcast called Live Awake. And I, I downloaded it. They, this girl's only done like eight episodes and it's absolutely amazing. I love it, but it's called Live Awake. Um, And it was just like the most beautiful thing. And it was probably the 10 most peaceful minutes of my entire life. And like, mind you, I was still in a pretty toxic relationship at this time, um, which is why I like sought out yoga in the first place. And it was like my need for that peace because I did not have peace in my life at that time. And it was just so like revolutionary for me because I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just bringing me so much peace. So I found meditation by accident. (laughs) I found it by accident during yoga. And then um, every week, like I booked the restorative class and I called it sleepy yoga because it was just beautiful. And I often (laughs) relaxed so much that I fell asleep (laughs) during my meditative practice, Um, which is okay. Like that's, that's kind of I mean, you want your body and your mind to be at this peaceful state. 
your body is still receiving it yeah even if you are sleeping (laughs) your subconscious mind is still receiving it so that's okay yes which is important to kind of reprogram that subconscious mind so then I decided that I wanted to bring this practice um home so I downloaded uh the breathe app and I listened to or I downloaded like just the free trial because I'm like let me see if I actually like this and there was this one meditation that I put on every night before bed and it was like a 20 minute meditation but it, it just helped um again like it helped me align mind and body and put me in that you know that relaxed state where I'd be able to fall asleep because for most of my life I would wait until like, I've always kept myself super busy. I would always wait until I was, you know, falling asleep before I went to bed because I would only be able to sleep if I was extremely tired. And then I'd be out, like I'd, I'd pass out, sleep like the dead, but I'd have to be really tired. And meditation allowed me to calm myself enough or even if I, like, I didn't need to be that sort of like dead tired anymore um, because I was properly allowing my body to rest. So then, yeah, so then from there, and I had the app for about, I was using like this, just this one meditation every night before bed. And then I was doing the meditation at yoga class and I, and periodically, like with the app I was using, like, or I'd come home from work if it was like a particularly stressful day and I'd lie down on the carpet and do like a 15 or 20 minute meditation. Um, And again, I'd usually like fall asleep for like five minutes, which was perfect. And so it helped me transition between Uh, my work day and coming back home. So eventually I bought the full app. I'm like, this is amazing. I'm using this all the time. Um, But really got heavy into meditation when, um, when I was going through like the separation and I was like completely like broken and distraught and my mind was everywhere my emotions were everywhere I just I wasn't grounded and I needed some grounding like everything in my life was like misaligned like I was I was every which way in which a person could be and I was like I need to so the one thing that has always brought me peace or has brought me peace the last couple years is meditation and so uh, that's when I made myself my little yoga room, got my mandala, my twinkly lights and, and uh, a little meditation pillow and started meditating. And it started with breath work. Like I didn't, honestly, I didn't really know what I was doing. I didn't use the apps for this. It was purely just my breath work and it was breath work to cope with like the really strong feelings I was feeling, the trauma I had faced um all the emotions that I was trying to process a lot of the anxiety that like the situation had caused and it was like the breath work and then eventually from the breath work I realized like I was connecting to something <laughs> and I'm like mm-hmm. okay I think this is my third eye actually no I I'd gone to see um Gaz from the fabric of being who we had on a couple episodes ago and I had asked him a question he's like well you know, like, let's work on connecting to your third eye and your intuition. So he's the one that actually gave me the the skills or like the direction to be able to take my meditation further. So I was connecting to my intuition, connecting to my third eye. So the more, I guess I got into meditation 
sort of out of desperation. Like I was desperately needing some grounding in my life. I had nothing else. Like it was just, it was just chaos. Like I said, emotionally, like every, every aspect of my life was chaos. And, um, I had been accessing therapy, but it just, it it just wasn't doing it for me. So the skills that, uh, Gareth taught me really helped me learn how to meditate and like, take it to the next level where I was like, whoa, there's like things going on here. (laughs) There's things going on. Like I'm connecting. I think I'm connecting to things. I'm seeing things like, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into meditation and it became something that I looked forward to every night because it was, it was just, it brought me like so much peace. And when everything was all over the place, it settled my mind and my spirit and my body and allowed me to sleep because I was, there was like weeks where I was sleeping. Like I couldn't fall asleep and then I would get to sleep and I would sleep for like three hours and I'd be up at like 3am and then toss and turn like, because my anxiety was so bad, but honestly, the meditation really helped with that meditation coupled with journaling. Journaling was really important. So like, you know, meditating on I guess like I guess like doing breath work and helping allowing the breath work to sort out my thoughts and then by sorting out those thoughts I could then start to journal on them and journal about what I was feeling because there was just like a mishmash of thoughts (laughs) and and feelings all together so yeah meditation helps to sort those out but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, and now it's, and now it's like a practice that I have and I don't, I don't practice meditation for the same reasons anymore. Like it's not this like desperate need to feel peace. It's that like, I enjoy meditating. Like it's now a part of my day and I don't, and I've changed up my meditation routines. Like now I've, I've recently started just doing short meditations in the morning um, if I'm really feeling like I need some grounding, I'll, I'll do like a full meditation at night. Um, it, it's really just about like honoring what I need at the time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, that's so, um, important for meditation practitioners to, uh, recognize that, um, like you can do it at different times and you, you don't need to be like structured in, in when you do it, as long as you are doing it, right? You're going to reap the benefits of it. Yeah. And mine was very structured in the beginning because I needed that structure in my life. Like I needed something to, to like, hang on to, to ground me, to anchor you. Yeah. Yeah. To anchor me. But, um, yeah, now it's, it's, yeah. How did you find Mm -hmm. it? (laughs) Uh, well, like I had kind of um, mentioned it. I always was interested in trying it, but didn't really know what I was doing. And then it wasn't until when I did my teacher training, my yoga teacher training, I should say. 
and we were learning about meditation and so we had assignments that we needed to complete different meditation assignments different chanting assignments and that's really when I got into it um I had no idea how intense med meditation was before practicing it then and you mentioned finding peace when you were meditating and I can agree with that I was experiencing such an overwhelming sense of peace every time I meditated mm -hmm. and as I had mentioned in the beginning of this episode I was working on my root chakra and going through yoga teacher training kind of just like rocks your whole entire world you're really deconstructing who you are and rebuilding yourself finding who you are authentically and um meditation was helping me do that but it was also helping me find peace in that chaos like everything started to feel like it was unraveling but meditation was kind of like the glue that was holding me together. Mm -hmm. And when I was meditating at that point, like I said, I was meditating for like an hour, an hour and 20 minutes. Like I was getting lost in what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And now my meditations aren't that long. It's like once in a blue moon when I have a long meditation like that. Now my meditations are more so like 10, 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's where I'm at right now and that can change in the future. That's okay. Hmm. Um, it's, it's interesting that you like kind of my story said that, you know, we like needed that we needed like something in our lives. Like we needed that like grounding in the chaos and, um, you know, I think a lot of times people look outward for for something to hang on to, to grab on to yeah, yeah. Someone to help them um you know like substance abuse self-medicating like if in the extreme cases like um and I think it's really when you realize that it's not these outward things that are going to help nourish you it's really aligning with yourself that is going to bring you the greatest peace and um solace and nourishment and and grounding like you you can't mm -hmm. when you're in such a state of chaos nothing external is going to heal you in the same way that going inward does like it's so so important to turn inward and that's not to say that you don't access um, external supports like therapists or talk to your friends or reach out to family who are supportive like you, obviously you're still going to do those things or like go for walks or do things that you know you engage with to bring you peace but I think it's important to note that like someone else can't bring you that peace something else can't bring you that peace like you've gotta you've really gotta find it for yourself yeah healing healing truly does come from within mm -hmm. 
and like you're you're not gonna find what you need outside of you it sounds so cliche but like we have the power to heal ourselves we just need to inward and see what it is that we that we need Mm -hmm. we just actually I just learned um something I guess that I had been practicing but didn't realize that it was a healing practice but like we all do have the power to kind of heal ourselves through meditation and energy healing, like with our hands, by focusing, like you were saying before, by sending your breath to different parts of your body, by sending energy to different parts of your body. And I mean, that's not to say, and I actually have read things, but that's not to say that, you know, breath work cures cancer. Um, I have read a lot of stories, research, um, where certain practices, healing and energetic practices have cured people of um cancer yeah um so I mean there could be a lot of a lot of um substance to that but um yeah Mm -hmm. well that's the power of manifestation but that's a whole other conversation whole other conversation yeah yeah so it's not well so I know like manifestation like meditation it's not about you sitting down, you're like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want. It's about like the, the feeling that you're cultivating within your body, like the emotions that you're cultivating, the, the energy, it's all about the energy. Mm -hmm. We're all just energy Mm -hmm. with material bodies. (laughs) So what do you like most about practicing meditation? think what I like most about practicing meditation is that it gives me an excuse to completely slow down Mm. and connect with myself without feeling guilty that I'm not doing other things Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a hard time sitting still as you know that (laughs) and when I'm meditating I'm I'm not feeling guilty for for sitting there and for taking the time for myself and um what I also like most about practicing meditation is that I learn so much about myself Mm -hmm. yeah it's crazy I've spent 29 years in this body and now I'm figuring out who I am Mm -hmm. because I'm actually taking that time in my meditations to reflect on that Mm -hmm. yep otherwise we kind of just proceed through life like I feel like we we're all trying to get through life like we're all just trying to survive this rat race and meditation like you said it really does force you to slow down to look at your values to look at how you are living life like are you living a mindful life are you living an authentic life and meditation does that and you know I know we're all we're all in different situations like you know I live by myself I don't have any dependents but some people have children they have parents they're looking after um they have obligations and I'm sure that 
in many of those cases, it might be common to say like, oh, you know, it's, it's nice that you have time for that, but I've got A, B, and C going on. I don't have time for that. But it's regardless of what you have going on. I mean, we are fortunate to have an hour to meditate before bed if we want. But even that five minutes, like that five minutes of like self-care and and stopping and taking a look and like taking a look at, you know, am I, am I, am I aligned with who I'm supposed to be? Am I putting out the right energy to the world? Am I, you know, like respecting uh, my body? Um, am I like, am I looking after myself? And that all comes with like self-care too, right? Like, even if you have dependents, you have people that, you know, rely on you, it's still really important to look after yourself first. And I think meditation is one of those practices where even just five minutes in the morning or five minutes, like in your car on the way to work, like throw on a meditation when we're not going to fall asleep, <laughs> like just any, like any, like you're in the shower, put on a meditation. Like I put on meditations when I'm in the shower. Um, there's, there's so many different ways that you can meditate. Like it, it doesn't have to be in a spare bedroom with a yoga pillow like, or a meditation pillow. Like it, it's, you can make it work for you. And it's such an important part of mm-hmm. self-care. Yeah. It's, it's versatile. I think it's really the foundation of every healing practice or every healing Mm -hmm. because to heal, like I said, like you can, you can be trying to heal and you can be looking for all these external things to help you, but you need to connect with yourself first. If you are disconnected from yourself, it doesn't matter what external resources you are accessing. You need to be connected with yourself first and then utilize those resources right? You need to take that time. Meditation helps you do that. Like it really, really does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I I can't agree more. So you had mentioned, um, that you have your, your yoga, your meditation room. Um, so what does that look like for you? So you're, (laughs) you're lucky enough to at least have a spare room that's dedicated to your meditation and your yoga practice. I am. Yeah, I am. Um, initially I actually, I was, um, so when I was with my ex, this was a spare bedroom with a dresser in it. And it was supposed to be eventually one day turned into a nursery. (laughs) Um, and then we left, it was full of a lot of, this is kind of the room that he came and spent a lot of, uh, time by himself. And we left, there was a lot of like dark, dark energy in here. And I didn't ever really want to come in here. Um, so I had been meditating downstairs. So I have like in my like living room, there's like a, a space where I had my yoga mat. And when I wasn't living alone, I used to meditate there um, because there's nice light that comes in there. And so I was using that as a, a yoga space for a long time. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I'm going to reclaim that spare bedroom upstairs because I can't one live with this like negative space and two, like I need to kind of confront like all the emotions and the experiences and like the energy and process all that, um, in that room. So I turned that spare bedroom into my yoga room. So I 
<laughs> didn't have anything in there at first. It was literally just me sitting in there with a yoga mat <laughs> and it's a carpeted room sitting in there with a yoga mat. And then I, I just love, I love twinkling lights, like the lights on your Christmas tree. Like I love that glow. So I bought myself some hanging lights that have like five different settings from like low to bright. Um, and I bought myself a giant mandala. So I have a mandala on the wall. I have the twinkling lights above it. And then on the wall parallel to that, I have, I set up like my yoga, sorry, my meditation uh, pillow. I also have my journal beside me. So then when I'm meditating, when all those feelings come up or when um, like intuitive thoughts, visions, whatever come up, I can like write them down and like kind of decipher the feelings, decipher what I see. I also have sage um, and a shell underneath my mandala. And I've got like a kind of like a little, I don't know, I got a little set up with some, some rocks, crystals. And uh, I have like a little board for myself with my affirmation. So whatever affirmation, like whatever, whatever kind of struggle I'm, I feel like I'm facing and that I need to um, process or um, further like connect to within myself, I create an affirmation for that. And I'll put that on my little board. So then when I'm meditating, I've got my mandala in front of me, my little twinkling lights set in the mood and then my, um, my affirmation. So I'll often do my breath work, um, you know, journal into it. And then I'll often finish with, with my affirmation. So that's kind of what it looks like. Um, but then always start with, and I, I think we're, well, we can talk about this later, but, um, like cleansing the room, which is really important. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a pretty great setup at home. I love it. I honestly, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I'm jealous. My yoga meditation room isn't a dedicated yoga meditation room because I also have a spare bed in this room um, because I've chosen to make one of my other bedrooms my closet. So I have to share this space, but that's okay. Usually this bed isn't used. Um, so it is 99% of the time only used by me, this room. Um, and I have a couch in here and I kind of use it, my, use the couch as an altar when I meditate. Hmm. So I sit on the ground um, and I sit on my meditation pillow and I face the couch and I use the couch as like a little tabletop and I journal on there. I set up my crystals on there. I set up my sage on there. <laughs> um, yeah, I have everything on there and everything that I need for my meditation. I put on my couch and I sit on the ground. It's so important to sit on the ground because it allows you to connect to the earth. And that'll allow you to ground in your practice. Yeah, I have my crystals in my room, my crystal shelf, lots of sage and Palo Santo, um, incense I like to burn as well. And a lot of my, um, my poetry books, my yoga books, 
my self-help books I have in here as well. But I find if um if someone does sleep over and use a spare bed, the first thing I do when they leave the house is come in and sage the entire room. <laughs> yeah, I could <can laughs> to get their energy out of the room so that it's not disrupting my practice. Yeah. Um and it's funny because when when we purchased the house, we'd actually gone to see a psychic. And she told me that it was going to be very important for me to completely sage my house because it's holding on to a lot of negative energy from the previous owners. And, um, and this room was the, like, it was an old couple who owned the house. This room was the, the old man's office. Interesting. And I, I never used to want to go in here. It had really heavy energy and I always felt unsettled in here. Hmm. And I saged it so much. And finally, I feel like it's a a calming room for me. But yeah, it it was difficult for me to be in here for a while. Interesting. I remember you telling me that yeah yeah it's crazy it's crazy how four walls and a floor can hold on to energy yeah oh yeah I felt like I I I didn't like to walk into my room like before it was my yoga room like this room just like you know when like something sets the hair on the back of your neck up Mm -hmm. like it was almost like that feeling that I got all over my body walking in there and like now when I walk in, it's like a blanket's wrapped around me. So I love being mm. yeah. Mm. yeah. Yes. Actually, that reminds me blankets. I'm actually using my meditation blanket right now, but I like to cover myself when I meditate as well, because mm-hmm. it helps make you feel like more safe and protected, less vulnerable. I'm going to have to try that. And it's warm. Yeah. yeah. Nice. I am. Um, and like, you... I... oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> we'll cut this out. Um, that's really interesting that you use a blanket. I always meditate barefoot. <laughs> like if I have socks on, yeah, I'll take, I always have slippers on in my house. So like if I have socks on, I'll take my socks off because I feel like socks block my energy and my connection to the earth. <laughs> so I meditate barefoot. Well, your energy, your energy like leaves through your feet, right? Mm-hmm. so if you have something covering your feet then any like negative energy that you're trying to rid your body of can't escape that makes so sense. it is good to go barefoot that makes sense I've honestly there's been two occasions that I I starkly remember where I've sat down to meditate with socks and I'm like oh no <laughs> I've taken them off yeah feels wrong yeah it's so strange it's so strange um, so what do you do? So, okay. So that's how like our setup is. You talked about, um, cleansing the energy, like how, what was the process that you went about to cleanse the energy in that bedroom? And mm-hmm. well, so I was lucky enough at that point that you were growing sage at your house <laughs> and you made me sage bundles. Yeah. <laughs> so I was using that sage 
and literally just grabbing a lighter burning the end of it and I, I don't use a, a feather as I probably should um, I just use my hand to like waft the smoke and I start in a clockwise direction and I go into the corners of the room and I literally start from like the floor and let the smoke travel up to the ceiling because corners hold a lot of stagnant energy. And so like, I'll start with the corner and then I will move the sage bundle along the wall, go to the next corner. And um, I like work my way from the outside of the room to the center of the room. Mm. So sage clears all energy out of spaces. Yes, so it's like a blank slate. Yeah, and you and I like to use Palo Santo as well, which is like a, it's a wood, right? Yeah. It's a, a tree from, I cannot remember where now, but it is a tree. It's a and sweet smelling, the purpose, sweet smelling uh, wood. Yeah, it is sweet smelling. Oh, I love the smell of it. So much better than sage too. <laughs> Even though I love the smell of sage, I love the smell of Palo Santo. But Palo Santo is supposed to bring positive energy into the mm -hmm. space. Mm -hmm. So usually I'm lighting that more than sage <laughs> because I don't always feel like the energy needs to be cleared out, but I feel like it's always good to bring that positive energy into my space. Mm -hmm. See, I, mm -hmm. I use sage every day, like every day. I say like when I come home from work, I'm like, oh, it smells, it smells like sage when I wake up in the morning if I've sage night before. Yeah. I sage every day. Every time I sit down to meditate, I sage. Um, and then Palo Santo, I use, I think when I'm I'm feeling like most disconnected with myself, most anxious, most um <laughs> imbalanced. I'll sage first and then bring in Palo Santo to bring in some positivity before I, I meditate. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we use it at different times. Yeah, I guess it's like it's whatever feels right for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I also say so. I sage in the same way. I sage in the same way that you do. So where, you know, you use a feather, and I'd actually looked into. So I've been um. I've had the opportunity to participate in indigenous smudging ceremonies and they have um, used a feather with those ceremonies. And I was really mindful of the fact that I was like, okay, I wanna make sure that I'm not inappropriately appropriating the use of this. So I did a lot of uh, research into like use, usage of feathers or like other items you can use. And it seems to be widely practiced in a lot of different cultures so I also do use mm -hmm. um so I use a feather start counterclockwise I actually open my window because when you sage you're supposed to like if you're staging your house you're supposed to open your front and your back door so I open my window um a crack even in the winter time I open my window so then that like negative energy has somewhere to escape and I'll start um the elbow counterclockwise the, the corner by to the right of the window and same as you like sweep the smoke like up through the corners and I usually say 
And I got this off the internet, but it's it's something that I just felt aligned with. Um, and I say sacred and holy ones bless the space of any stagnant or negative energy. And I go around, I do that mm. with my corners. And then I finally like wafted out the window and I'll say sacred and holy ones bless the space of any um, negative or stagnant energy. Take it out to the universe, neutralize it, allow it to be used for only good. And that's kind of like how I cleanse my space. And then not wanting to send the negative energy out, just like ask the universe to kind of neutralize it. Um, and then I close my window, especially in the winter time, because it's cold. <laughs> and then I sit down and begin my practice. But then if I'm using Palo Santo, I, I will do the same thing, like counterclockwise, um, and then ask the sacred spirit of the Palo Santo plant to fill space with positivity and peace. And I just waft it up, up the corners. Love it. See, I learned something new from you the other day about opening a window mm -hmm. and opening the doors to allow that energy to leave or to, to neutralize and leave your home. Um, yeah, some great practices. Yeah, it's like very intentional too. Um, and I've always been a big energy person. Like I feel people's energy strongly. So I'm like, if I'm cleaning my own energy, my own space, and I'm like sending it out, I don't, I, I want to make sure no one's receiving this, like whatever negative stuff I'm sending out. So mm -hmm. yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I told you, I always um, sage the room after someone sleeps over in it, but yeah. let's be honest I do that with my house when someone comes over I, I sage after or I use Palo Santo <laughs> yeah it's just like and it's not necessarily like bad energy it's just other people's energies and sometimes if you've been working really hard to, yeah. to, to like to ground yourself it can completely throw you off so yeah, I work very hard to have a, a very calming space for myself, especially because I work from home. Mm -hmm. It's so important for me to just be calm because I've, I've, I don't think I've ever had a work environment that's been calm. And it's like my goal to be calm when I'm working, to not overwhelm myself, to not make myself anxious. So, um, yeah, I want a workspace. I want a... Um, personal home space that has energy that is attuned to me yeah yeah it's so important not polluted by the people's energy yeah I've often thought to like once you know once I find a partner again and like I'm living with someone else again what that experience is going to be like because I've literally gone through this whole process living on my own like creating my own energy having my own space and like I have people in the house all the time have get-togethers all the time um and I don't I don't find the need to like cleanse the house necessarily like after that but yeah I always wonder like how I'm going to I'm sure it'll be fine but like how I'll adjust to having someone else's energy in my space again when I've created an energy that's solely mine consistently mm -hmm. yeah yeah you'll you'll figure that out when the time comes oh yeah so the one thing I had kind of touched upon is music and my meditation practice mm -hmm. so the music that I choose for my practice depends on what the 
goal of my practice is. So if, again, if I'm gonna use the root chakra as an example, if I'm meditating on my root chakra, I'm going to literally go to my Spotify app and put on a root chakra, chakra frequency um, that's, that's going to assist me in my practice. So it's really just um, a vibration that will help assist me balance in balancing that chakra. Does that make sense? Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Mm. It really does. Or if I am not focusing on a chakra, I love to put on water sounds. Ooh. Create a very calming environment. I really like, do you know what? I don't like, I love being by the water and hearing water, but I don't like water sounds um on a device I, I don't know if it's just skinny yeah I just don't I don't like it and I love the sound of the water naturally mm-hmm. yeah see and I love the sound of water I, I don't have any problems with it being on a device and I always want to incorporate it in um my yoga classes but again not everyone likes water and water can be triggering for some people so mm-hmm. I choose to exclude that from my playlists. Hmm. I never for my personal that. yoga practice. Um, I will definitely use it. <laughs> I love so on the Breed app. I was listening to for a long time, and I recently just switched it over. Probably, probably maybe November, December. I switched over what I listen to when I meditate, but I was listening to um on the breathe app they have these sound like music it's called the sound of peace and it's like a combination Mm -hmm. it sounds like like wind instruments um just creating this like beautiful calming energetic melody so I listened Mm -hmm. to that for a long time and then I recently just switched over to uh chakra sounds (laughs) on spotify Mm -hmm. (laughs) playlist that I use all the time and it's not any particular one maybe I should try using particular ones for particular blockages but yeah it's, it just plays through them all and I'm like what am I listening to right now oh heart chakra okay great <laughs> so that's probably not as mindful of my own practice but I, I like that like humming or like the Tibetan sound bowls like I love that that buzz yes yes I love the Tibetan sound bowls mm-hmm. and those do like always come up when I'm putting on a specific chakra sound but yeah I love Tibetan sound bowls I would love to get my own one day and make my own music for my meditations oh yeah that'd be cool that'd be cool Mm -hmm. I've seen people like on TikTok and they got the other sound bowls yeah I love it yeah (laughs) yep they're pretty and they sound beautiful yeah yeah they really are all right. So, um, one of the other things I think that's important is like, so we've got the breath work, the cleansing your space, um, setting up your space and cleansing it music, uh, and journaling. Journaling is really important too. Yeah. We've talked about this in other episodes, but now we can actually talk about journaling. Yay. Journaling. Um, yay. So I love journaling. I've always journaled. Uh, like you've mentioned before you never journaled and, and you oh. you're new to journaling now 
Um, but journaling is so important to do before and after, at least in my opinion, because when you're doing it before, you're giving yourself an opportunity to get out all your thoughts. And I find that when you put pen to paper, it allows you to process those thoughts more thoroughly. Mm -hmm. And you're really clearing your mind. Whatever is bugging you, you can journal about it so that you can clear your mind so you can sit in your meditation. And then if things come up in your meditation, then you can choose to do that when you're done. Have a, a journaling session at the end of your meditation as well. Mm. I like that before and after because it really causes you to, or causes you, forces you to like examine your growth, even if it's just a five minute meditation or an hour meditation, like so much growth happens in a five minute meditation that you don't realize, right? Or like yeah. work in your subconscious and it might come out, you know, later or might come up in like the next time that you sit down to meditate and journal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have a specific journal that I use for meditating. It's so funny because like this journal probably means the world to me. <laughs> it's like a dollar store journal, yeah. but it's so important <laughs> to me because like it's, it's documented my journey, my awakening and um, my deconstruction. And yeah, I feel like it's um, contains the essence of me. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm on my third journal in a year and a half. And I think the other ones, the other two, I think I have gifts from people like over the years that I just never utilize. And then this, the yeah. one that I have now is a dollar store one and I love it. It's a third one, but I've often thought that like, if God forbid anything happens to me and someone's like going through my journals, they're going to be like, whoa, this girl was dark <laughs> like, for like parts of parts of my healing. Like, what is this? And like, it really just shows the progression of that whole yeah healing process and I never go back and read my journals like I put it down and it's it's like um at one point like back in October I I called uh I set up an appointment with my my counselor and I said you know I'm really just tired of all these like memories coming up in my head that you know cause me anxiety stress anger pain whatever I'm like but they don't anymore but like they're still popping up and it's it's just really annoying and she was like okay she's like when they come up put the image of that memory on a leaf and like send it down the river and mm. like process it and let it go. And I feel like that's exactly what journaling does is that like, you're confronting your, your emotions, your thoughts, your experiences, like at that time. And I know for me, that's like almost like the same practice as the leaf. Like I'm getting it down on paper and then it allows me to like process it and let it go. Like I never go back and read what I wrote. Like I never even reread sentences to make sure that they make sense like wouldn't matter but yeah I, I never go back and read it hmm interesting because I do go back and read mine but I don't do it on the regular hmm. I'm like oh let me pick up my journal and like I'll flip through a few pages maybe something like will jump out and I'll read that but yeah hmm see and I, I don't have to I feel I need to process something a little further then I will pick it up and read it again. See, I feel with me, like 
like I said, because I'm so connected to energy, I feel like there's been with the emotion that's put down in those, those pages, there's also like the energy of that moment. So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't need to go back to that moment. And it's not, it's not an avoidance thing. It's just, uh, this was processed. It's been like sent down the river and like, that's what it is. But yeah, so important, but I journal a little different from you. So you journal before and after meditation. Like I will sit down, meditate, I'll get to a place of peace. Um, and then as either like I'm intuiting things or I'm running through an affirmation in my mind or like trying to process a struggle. Um, I kind of like let those, whatever it is that I'm trying to process, I kind of like let those emotions come up. And once I feel like, (laughs) like they're bubbling over in my mind, I'll open my journal and write about them because once I feel like they're bubbling over, it's almost as if they've been like processed like through my body Mm -hmm. process and it's ready to like I'm ready to write them down so I'll write them down write them down and then once I feel kind of free of that or like satisfied with a realization then I will put the book down and go back to meditating and then close up my practice so mine's like a middle journaling yeah, no, I like that. And if it works for you, then you shouldn't do anything different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it definitely works. It definitely works. You and I are good examples that what works for one person will not work for everyone. Mm-hmm. And you really just find what works for you and what you feel comfortable doing. Yeah. And like we're alike in so many ways, but really, yeah, it just goes to show you that you need to do what's right for your body, for your for your mind, for your spirit, for your own energy. So important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, there's like so many good things that we unpacked in this episode. I'm so <laughs> excited we finally did our, our episode on meditation. Meditation 101. <laughs> I love it. I know we were planning, this is going to be one of our first episodes. And then we kept you know getting approached or getting in contact with different guests and different people who got all these fantastic episode ideas and we're like yeah like let's talk about that it seems like the right time and then finally we're like okay we're doing meditation yeah we're doing meditation this week (laughs) yeah it was a long time coming but it was worth the wait yeah I think so um what what would you say to people who perhaps struggle with consistency in their practice or struggle with um blockages and like can't get over like the distractions that they may face when they're when they're meditating so I think my answer to both of those are are uh, similar is just take five minutes like start small don't try to carve out this massive slot of of time in your schedule when you don't have that time if your issue is consistency find five minutes everyone has five minutes mm-hmm. everyone does like I said I'm, I'm sure a lot of like I said if you're if you're driving if you're in the shower if you're in the bathroom like everyone's got five minutes yeah um 
yeah, everyone has five minutes. The majority of people spend like what an hour on their phone at night. Like Mm -hmm. you have five minutes that you can take out of your schedule. And again, if you're trying to work through blockages and and working through distraction, set a timer, dedicate that five minutes to yourself usually we're distracted because we have other things that we need to do so create a schedule create time for those other things so that you can create time for your meditation practice Mm -hmm. you know what there's been times like if I'm going to be 100% honest as much as I love meditation as much as it's a consistent practice of mine um, there are times where I'm like you know what I don't feel like meditating before bed tonight. I'm going to do it in the morning because that's what feels right. Or on the weekends, I'll sit down to meditate and I will be so eager to do everything else that I need to do that I can't. And rather than spending a lot of time in meditation, I'm like, okay, I'm, there's no way I'm going to settle right now. I'm going to do some breath work just to kind of get me grounded for the tasks that I have to do. I will come back and meditate before bed. So like, don't force it. Cause I think when you force it, that's when you're going to get frustrated. You're going to be like, oh, it's not working. I think do, do things like meditate when it feels right for you. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, like, yeah, you can carve out five minutes of your day. And if you set a schedule to do it in the morning and that's not working, you can be flexible and take those five minutes for yourself in the evening. That's okay. Mm -hmm. And it's really just five minutes where you're creating peace for yourself, where you're honoring Mm -hmm. your your mind and you're showing yourself that, that time of grace and, and peace. And it's, it's so important. I mean, we have such chaotic lives. It's so important to bring that little bit of, of peace to ourselves, to align ourselves yeah yeah like we are worth it I I don't know why we as humans think that our time is better spent serving others and being busy when we're going to get the most out of life when we take the time for ourselves and we have that peace Mm 100% Um, any final words of wisdom or advice for our listeners before we, we, uh, wrap up? Mm. Um, as a cliche to say, don't knock it till you try it. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're all about the cliche. um, Again, I think a lot of people find meditation really intimidating and overwhelming. And I think until you try it, you don't understand it. You don't understand it. And when you do try it, you will realize how simple it actually is and how wonderful it is to experience. Mm, I love that. Mm. Any last uh, words for you? Um, hmm, let me think about this. I think... I think the importance of meditation lies with understanding that you are important um, and understanding how to value yourself and how to love yourself. 
And kind of like you said, like you need to put yourself first. And this is just one small way that you can do that. So, I mean, it all comes a place, it all comes from a place of like loving and honoring yourself first and foremost. So if you, I think if you can approach meditation like that from a place of like self-love um, and, and, and honor for yourself, um, then you're going in with, with good intentions, I think. Not that you would ever go into meditation with bad intentions, but um, like you're setting a good purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. All right. Well, I think we've said everything we could say. I don't know. I guess we could talk about this all night. <laughs> We really could, um, but the, the conversation doesn't have to stop here. So if you guys have any suggestions, um, any questions for us about meditation, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to hear from you. And yeah, we would love to continue this discussion with you. Yeah, most definitely. And I think we were talking about before we started recording, I think it'll be useful for us to put up some videos of us meditating, maybe some guided meditations, um, maybe just some five minute breath work. Um, and we'll do some lives. So um, just keep checking our socials, keep checking in mm -hmm. and look for those videos and, and meditate along with us. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, Bye. sisters. See you next time. Thank you. That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing, or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you, so please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.